Thank you for bringing church to this building this morning. Thank you. Many of you are starting to catch on that this isn't about Sunday morning. This isn't about a building. This is about you living a life of worship. And then when you come on Sunday morning, you bring church because you are the church. You are the temple in which God longs to take residence. And if you acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord of your life and you have received his grace and his mercy and the power that he bought for you, remember the last couple of weeks we've been talking about truth the only one that can put a label on you, the only one that can speak truth in your life is the one who made you, bought you, and identifies you as their own. He's the only one. And the whole heart of worship is about worshiping the one who made you bought you with the price of his son's blood and now identifies you as son and daughter of the most high king that you will never earn or deserve. That's incredible. And so we're going to speak this morning on our second weapon. Again, we're not going through all the weapons mentioned in Ephesians 6 necessarily, but we're going to touch on four, maybe five, weapons of how we live our daily lives and how we respond to the darkness around us. Hopefully you understand that the world's not right. Right? Yeah. It's filled with lost and broken people like you and me. Hopefully you're not lost anymore. There are so many people who don't know the way, who don't know the truth, and don't have life eternally. And we don't have an abortion problem. We don't have a sex problem. We don't have an addiction problem. We don't have a drug problem. We don't have a race problem. We don't have a, a, a violence problem. We have a worship problem. And so the, these next two weeks... I am truly excited. This is a topic that I have been studying and growing in for literally the last 32 years. I'm going to be 40 this year. Wow. Some of you are like, you're still a young whippersnapper. Right on. But I tell you what, worship, I could literally talk forever about worship. Why? Because I'm going to be doing it forever. And I'm so excited, but I have to tell you, my mind has been swirling all week because I take the last 30 years of experience and learning worship, and there's just no way to unfold it. And so I've been asking the Lord and asking our prayer team that the Lord would speak to each of you in a way that only the Holy Spirit can, and that I would not overcomplicate it, that I would not cause confusion, but the Holy Spirit would bring his truth 
and reveal it to you. Because if indeed, church, if indeed you and I have a worship problem, and the reason why the church is not responding in the way that it's designed is because we have a worship problem, then this problem needs to be changed. And it starts with the mind and the heart of understanding the design and purpose of worship to begin with. And I'll start with this. Every single human being, doesn't matter what religion, and all those who claim to be atheists, every single human worships. Every one of you. It's who you worship. It's what you worship that the issue lies. Who you worship. You will worship something. You were created to worship. And so what we're going to look at today is we're going to look at what worship is. We're going to define it first. Then we're going to look at the problem. Where did we get this worship problem? Where is the main root? How many of you know that in order to really get the weeds that is choking out the life of your garden, you don't just pull from the top, right? You have to dig down deep, and that's what we need to do. We need to see the root of the problem is we're not worshiping properly. So we need to figure out what God considers true worship, acceptable worship to him. And then third, we're going to look at how worship has to become a lifestyle. It's not just about the music. Music is a style that we, over the last couple hundreds of years, have adopted as one of our main expressions to the Lord. I mean, you look in, in, in our culture, you can't get around music. Music influences and impacts everything, does it not? Wow, is there an echo in here? Someone's watching live stream, Live. So, what we worship, what we worship matters. And so let's look at some of the definitions here. God, would you just, um, would you just override this time we just give it to you? And we look to you, God, in Jesus' name, amen. So where does worship fit? And how is worship a weapon? Isn't that the question of this series? How do we fight the things around us? How do we fight the abortion issue? How do we fight all the bullying going on and the different hatred and violence going on? How do we deal with the drug problem in our community? What do we deal? Or what do we do in light of the darkness all around us. 
Number one, we have to be grounded in truth. Because truth is exclusive. If it wasn't exclusive, there would be no truth. Everything would be either false or true. There's, there's no differentiation. And so we got to ground our lives in the truth of God. We have to constantly, as Daniel said last week, we have to continue to take inventory of what God says about us. Who told you that? I can't tell you how many times my wife this week said, Phil, who told you that? Because can I be honest, this week was really tough for me. This week was a battle of labels that I was sticking on myself that I had to keep tearing off. My wife just said, that is not of God. Who told you that? And so we always have to live our lives grounded in truth. The second weapon is worship. We're all created to worship. It's who and what we worship. But when we understand God's given design for worship, it becomes such a powerful weapon when it's used properly. Romans 12, verses 1 through 2, you can turn there in your own Bibles, or you can look on the screen, tells us this definition of worship. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, and of course, sisters, by the mercies of God, to present, to offer. We talk about worship being offering. It costs you something. If worship doesn't cost you something, it's not worship. It's called exercise and duty. Activity. It needs to cost you something. And so he says, by the mercies of God, meaning God is merciful. Do you know that God is being patient with us right now to get it? He's slow to anger and he's rich in love. To present your bodies, everything, who you are, your mind, body, and soul. Present it to God as what, is those two, what are those two words? A living sacrifice. Isn't a sacrifice something that's dead? Because in biblical times, we know that people laid something to die on the altar. And do you realize that the sacrifice that they would bring to God would literally not only be killed, but it would be burnt as an offering and an incense, saying, this is the best I have. And I place it before God Almighty as an offering. That is worship. However, we're not dead. We're living sacrifices. But here's a key to the definition of worship. In order to be a sacrifice, something has to die. Mm. So what is dying in your life in order to worship what you're worshiping? Whatever you worship, you will sacrifice for. 
we're all created to worship. And whatever it is in our hearts that we place in the centermost part of our lives is that in which we will sacrifice for. And Paul, the Apostle Paul in Romans, tells us to lay down our lives, even though we're still living, but to lay down our lives as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. What you need to understand is this was not, this was not a reality in the Old Testament until Jesus came and died for us and rose again. There was no acceptable form of worship other than the most high priest taking a sacrifice into the most holy place where God dwelt. God did not dwell in his people until Jesus came and rose again. This is a huge deal. We're now living sacrifices, and you and I can be holy and pleasing to God. But you don't understand my past. You don't understand I'm not perfect. No, you're not, but Christ is. And if Christ lives in you, you are the holiness and perfection of God. Whew. That's why you worship, which is your spiritual worship. When you lay yourselves on the altar. So that just obliterates the definition of worship of being music. If you believe like 80% of Christians that worship is going to church and singing songs, you've missed it. And you cannot go out in life every day in your life and fight the battles around you thinking that worship is going to church and singing songs. And that's where the enemy wants you. It's your spiritual act of worship. And then he says, hold on. Something has to die, right? Are you with me? Living sacrifice, that means something has to be placed on the altar. What is it? Oh. He tells us, do not conform to the patterns of this world. That's what needs to die. You know all the dark stuff that we've been addressing the last month and a half? That's the patterns of the world. So how do we address the patterns of the world, the darkness? We lay it down and we become living sacrifices to God, holy and pleasing to him. Do not be conformed to this world, but be, what's that word? Transformed, changed, made new in the image of Christ. If you are a follower of Christ, you call yourself a Christian. The Holy Spirit lives in you. And as we become living sacrifices in everything we do, for the honor and glory of God, we begin to see ourselves look more and more like Jesus. You want to look more like Jesus? You want to look more like Jesus? Over here, you guys want to look more like Jesus? In the center, you want to look more like Jesus? Yes. Over here to the right, let's see if they're better. You want to look more like Jesus? Yeah. Then worship. Well, now we got to figure out what is it. <laughs> okay, we're supposed to be living sacrifices. Let's look at the next scripture in Psalms 51. So now 
God is speaking to David as David's repenting and asking for the Lord to take over and cover and cleanse him. And this is what he says. This is in the day of offering sacrifices to the Lord. And God finally says, I don't delight in your sacrifice anymore. That's not what I'm looking for. So what is God looking for? What does this living sacrifice look like? We've identified that the ways of the world, the flesh, needs to die so that Christ can live within us. But still, what is that that lives within us? What does that look like? It says, for you will not delight in sacrifice. What? I thought he just said be living sacrifices. Let's read on. Isn't it amazing how people will take one sentence and make their platform for life and they miss the entire point? Okay, that was free. (laughs) For you will not delight in sacrifice or I would give it. You will not be pleased in going through the motions and singing all the songs on Star (laughs) 93.3. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God. Would you read that in yellow? The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken Oh God, you will not despise. A broken heart. You understand now in Romans 12, we cannot become living sacrifices and lay down the things, the patterns of the world that have defined us unless we're broken before God. Broken before God. Colossians 3 says this. Whatever you do. Whatever you do. You mean coming to church is worship? Yeah, I do. That's good. But guess what? When you leave and go to the restaurant, it's worship. Guys, when you're in your workshop, your garage, can be worship. Moms, especially you moms who stay at home with your kids, that is worship. It's all about the heart, the broken, reverent, pliable heart before the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving Christ, that is a living sacrifice. Write that down. To be a living sacrifice is to be serving Christ in whatever you do. To be a living sacrifice to the Lord, holy and acceptable, is to be serving Christ in whatever you do. Worship in the Bible is defined through the Hebrew and the Greek word as this. Number one is to bow. In biblical days, we don't see a whole lot of people bowing anymore. But in that culture, it was 
demanded and expected. You bowed to whatever had the highest worth and place in your life and in the culture that you were living. You bowed to show reverence. You bowed to show honor. You bowed to show humility. And the definition of worship hasn't changed. Have you bowed your heart? Have you bowed your life? Have you laid it before the Lord as an offering to him? It's all about giving, presenting the highest form of worth and honor and adoration to God. And do you even know that God's definition of worship includes to kiss? Worship is the most intimate form, along with prayer, of course, but they're all together. Worship is about intimacy. You cannot have intimacy unless true intimacy, unless you learn to know the one you are worshiping. That's what God desires. So worship is bowing our lives is giving honor and adoration, and it's that, that thing that takes the highest form of worth and attention in your life. That is what you worship. And what you worship is what you become. What you worship determines what you will sacrifice. And what you sacrifice because what you worship is who you will become. That, in a nutshell, is worship. And I'd like to give you, I have to give credit to where credit's due. My wife helped me with this definition as I was processing with her. And that girl, man, she lives a life of worship to the Lord. And you wouldn't know it because she's not up here. She's not the one dancing and lifting hands. But she is bowed before the Lord Almighty and everything she does is for his glory because she's been found and she knows who made her and she knows who bought her and it's not her husband. It's her father, her heavenly father. Worship is this. Who or what you give the highest worth in your life is that in which you live for to find your true worth and purpose. Isn't that good? Who or what you give the highest worth, the highest priority, the highest, greatest value, the most attention is that in which you live for to find your true worth and purpose. And we have a worship problem, don't we? So this is messed up. What happens? This happened. When we misplace our worship, here we go, by giving the highest worth to a person or thing that can never, say never, never. 
never completely fulfill the eternal worth and purpose for your life. That is the problem. When we misplace our worship by giving the highest worth to a person or thing that can never completely fulfill the longing and the eternal worth and the purpose of your life, that's the problem. So we pursue it, we run after it, and guess what we do? We sacrifice for it. And that is the problem. And we see this, that we're not alone, y'all. In 2019, let's go back to the beginning where he talks, Paul talks about when sin happened and entered into the world, worship was broken. Let's look at Romans 1 real quick. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. God is to be worshiped for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal, eternal, eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. So they are not without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not worship, honor, adore, place the highest worth and honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they become, became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. So the problem began. Claiming to be wise. You know what that means? Claiming to be God. They became fools. And we talked about this the last two weeks. And exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, birds, and animals, and creeping things. And in that day, they created gods, idols, carved them, whatever object, and that became where they found their eternal worth that it could never fulfill. And today, it hasn't changed. We just don't go around necessarily with carved Idols, but they're all around us. They're all around us. And so I'd like to just give you a little visual of Romans chapter one, where it says we've exchanged our worship of the creator and now the creation doesn't, worship the creator, but we worship the creation, and that is the worship problem. We have placed the highest worth on the things that the creator made rather than the creator. So what is it in our lives and in our day that we worship? Uh-oh, Phil, now you're, now you're going too far. But I want to challenge you to really look deep into your life and find who or what it is you really worship. Because what you worship is what you will sacrifice for. 
And who you worship or what you worship is what you will become. And all these things I'm going to mention, of course, aren't bad within themselves. But it's when we place the highest worth is when we begin to live for that. Number one that we see in our culture is success. Success. And status. Our culture hemorrhages it. It's all about being the best you can be, and once you're the best you can be, it's still not enough. It's all about one-upping another. It's all about laying it all on the line. What do you sacrifice for success? You sacrifice your values. You sacrifice your time. You sacrifice the thing that should be closest to you. Relationship with the one who made you and bought you and identifies you with himself. We sacrifice joy for stress. You worship stress. When we put success and status at the highest place of our lives. So if you can't relate to that, maybe you'll relate to this. Money, 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 money. Money. Thank you. Show me the money. It's all. Money has become the thing that our culture and our world worships. Don't believe me? Try to give it away. Try to let it go. It owns you. It's because money, in our minds, will get us what we're looking to have. And when we find our worth and we find our value in money, we begin to worship that thing and sacrifice for that thing. What do you sacrifice for money? Fruit of the Spirit, patience, peace. Show me a person that hoards all their money, can't give anything to anyone or anything. They are a person without peace. They are a person without joy. They are a person without gentleness. Money consumes us. Saving, investing is not bad. It's actually called being good stewards when we're worshiping the one true God. But when we put all of our focus and our energy and investment on living for the future and invest it and we don't use it for God now, we have a worship problem. Entertainment. Sports. Uh-oh. Technology. Material wealth. We put so much focus into that. It's not bad in itself. I hope you enjoy March Madness. I hope you can enjoy the bank. Well, not the Bengals. But I hope you can enjoy. <laughs> Love you. I cheer, I cheer for the Bengals. Put your kids in sports. 
Let them enjoy the gifts and skills that God has given them. But when you put that as the highest priority and you sacrifice everything else for it, you have a worship problem. And you wonder why you're not finding pleasure with God. Talk about sports. Have you ever seen the movie Chariots of Fire? It's about a missionary, a guy who was called to bring the gospel to China and change lives through his ministry. But he says, you don't understand. God gave me a gift. He made me fast. And when I run, I feel the Lord's pleasure. You can worship the Lord in sports and entertainment. And you can enjoy what God has given. But the moment that you strip God off of that throne and you put that in finding your purpose and value, that's when you have a worship problem. Others, so many of us other, uh, uh, worship and idolize others. Facebook, media. We try to be this person because we love them. We want to be just like them. So what do we do? We worship them. We sacrifice and we want to be like them. We've stripped God off the throne. Parents, I'm going to challenge you. Your kids were never created for you to worship them. That is so unfair to your children. And that's so selfish of us as a parent. Yes, God gave them to you to be so precious and of great value. But he gave them to you. And we live our lives through the lens of our children. And they become our world, our everything. And we've stripped Jesus off the throne and put our children there. Another one, if it's not others, guess who it is? It's yourself. We worship ourselves. Why do you think Paul says become living sacrifices? It's because we got to lay ourselves down all the time. You say, well, I don't worship myself. Let me ask you this. When you look in the mirror, do you see all the negative things? What drives you crazy? What consumes you? If it's not the awesomeness of yourself, it's the disgust that you have of yourself. You're still consumed with self. Whether you think you're the next best thing to the bag of chips, or you think that you are never good enough for someone to love you, you are worshiping self. And Christ is stripped off his throne. I know this is hard, but God right now is smiling at your heart because all he wants is you. All he wants is that highest place of attention and worth. That's all he wants. So here's a question mark for you. Maybe it's not success. Maybe it's not wealth. Maybe it's not entertainment. Maybe it's not other people. Maybe it's not you. I doubt that, but maybe it's not. What is it? What is it that drives you when you wake up? What is it the thing that you're consuming about when you go to bed? What is the thing that just 
when it's not there, messes with you. What is it? Because let me tell you something real quick. We worship what we're afraid of most so often. What are you afraid of losing? Whatever you're afraid of losing, you might want to check and see if that's on the highest place in your heart. And so what do we often do? We just kind of give God what's left. Say, God, this, this is all I have. I believe in you. I want to follow you. And by the way, I want you to bless me. Doesn't that break your heart? We have a worship problem. But here how, here's how it can be fixed. Colossians 3 says, whatever you do, do in the honor and the worth of placing Christ at the highest place. So we take our journey of success and we do it to lift God high and we do it to honor God. And maybe the people who are working with you see that you are different, that you are changed. Why? Because you're worshiping the creator and he is changing you to look more like him. What about your money and your wealth? Yes, it's a blessing. It's a gift from God. Enjoy it, but are you using it for him? Are you using it to bless others, to lead others to his good news? Are you using it here at Elevation? Are you investing in this ministry here because you see the life change that God is bringing in and through this ministry? Are you investing in other ministries that are having impact? How are you investing in God's kingdom? Entertainment. Go ahead and watch March Madness. Enjoy it. Jesus is sitting right next to you with the bag of chips. Worship Jesus and have joy and peace that only comes from his presence. Others, your children, your spouse, guess what? You worship Jesus as you love them as Jesus loves you. You worship him when you become a living sacrifice. Philippians 2 says he humbled himself and became a form of a servant, became obedient even to the point of death. We're to serve others. And then we lay ourselves out as living sacrifices. All I want, Jesus, is you to be seen. All I want, Jesus, is you to delight in me. That's all I want. And whatever it is, that has been in the highest place of your life. It's broken until it becomes God's. And you see, in our everyday life, as we do everything to place the highest worth to Christ, who gave everything for you, our lives become this incredible offering that is overflowing to God. What are you doing today and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday to worship and glorify God. Can the band come up? I'm going to leave you with a challenge here. So we see our worship problem and we see our answer and it's this on the screen. Jesus plus nothing is true worship. 
when nothing else is competing with the highest place, the throne in our hearts. And Jesus gets it all. Do you know what Jesus said in John? He says, but the hour is coming in 2019 and is now here at Elevation Community Church and all over. We're worshipers, true worshipers will worship my Father in spirit and in truth. That's when we respond to the things around us and light breaks through. Who is worthy of the highest place in your life? Here's the thing, you get to choose because that's how awesome our loving Father is. And you choose by a lifestyle of worship. And what that means is you live every moment to give Jesus the highest place in your life. And when you do that, it will change not only your life, but the atmosphere around you. That's when the church wakes up. That's when people see Jesus lifted high. It's when your life, your marriage, your family, your success, your everything begins to radically change because Jesus is everything. And when he's not everything, you're worshiping something other than Jesus. And so what do we do with that? We have to let it go. That's my final question to you. What are you afraid of losing? What are you afraid of losing so much that you live in fear? Do you realize that God is not a God of fear? We don't have to be afraid. Why? Because he conquered it all. Everything else that we worship does not provide that worth and that value and that eternal hope. Nothing. And so when we worship those things that can't provide the eternal hope, we are empty and hopeless and broken but when we learn to let go and worship the one true God there is freedom not fear there's freedom to be all that God has created and designed you to be but you get to choose so I'm going to ask you to stay seated for a minute this song is so fitting to what we just talked about And I want to ask you, are you willing to lose it all for the one who is worth it all? Are you willing to lose it all that's temporal and in your life that will never fulfill you for the one who gave everything for you and is worth it all? You choose. You choose. But let's do business with God. Let's take the things that we have placed highest value. Let's strip them, put them on the altar. Let them burn, baby, burn. And allow God to do something special in your life. Because he's worthy of your worship.